that we are actually talking about a new metal band this week. I am hesitant to say new metal. Me too, but like it was kind of that era. I think they're lumped in with it. It's it's a real mix. It's yeah. a real mixed bag. Yeah. Because it's definitely more than new metal. You know what's hilarious though? There are so many subgenres to the new metal category. Ugh. It is hilarious. I mean, there's a lot of subgenres to metal. Like, period. But you wouldn't think new metal would have subgenres. No. Here's the thing I don't categorize it the same way I would categorize new metal because it holds up. This band, we're yes, talking about? Yes, yeah. this band holds up. Oh, yeah. And. Most new metal that I listen to, I usually am doing it to laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah, and the memories. Yeah, it's for the memories. Yeah, it's for the memories. But like this, I'm like, I can still listen to this music and say, no, this is still good. This still slaps. And there's a message that's genuine yeah. and believable and relatable. And prophetic. And there's not obnoxious white boy rapping in it. Oh, there's none. Yeah. It, so really, there's the, no white boys in and it. And there's so. no... Wicka, wicka, <laughs> so I, it's not rap rock. Well, but it's not new metal Biscuits. kind of rap. It's like new metal. New metal is rap rock. I remember calling it rap rock before the term new metal was invented, I guess. God, so, can you go back? I remember. Can you just bring it back to when you were 15 and you said, I enjoy new metal music? <laughs> can you just put yourself in 15 year old uh. Ashley's shoes? Because. Right now, putting myself in 15-year-old Maggie's Jinkos is a little embarrassing. Yeah. Man. But I never had a pair of Jinkos. I had the kickwear. I also had kickwear. I usually wore men's pants, though, because women's pants are not long enough for me. <laughs> and you know what looks ridiculous? 50-inch wide pants that dangle at your ankles. Yeah. Looks dumb as fuck, High-water Jinkos. Oh, boy. <laughs> Guess who, if they were oh. girls' jinkos, they'd be high waters. Oh. Hi. Hi. Actually, yeah, I don't know. My big pants might have been kickwear. You're right. Yeah, I never had an actual pair of jinkos. I had all the other brands that Hot Topic sold. I had a Limbiscuit branded pair of kickwear pants. Oh. Oh, yeah. I wore the same pants as Fred Durst. <laughs> Not Fred Durst pants, <laughs> just the same pants. And for some reason, I always acted like such a douchebag when I wore them. Oh. Yeah. It, it must be, like, sewn into the waistband. It is, actually. The douchiness. Yeah. It's made with 100% pure douche. <laughs> 100% real douche. Straight from Fred Durst himself. No, it's like 50% polyester, 20% spandex, 30% douchebag. <laughs> And that's what those pants were made out of. Yeah, he just like rubbed it on his junk before it went out the door. Oh, but he might have. He probably did. Gross. Welcome yeah. to Rock Candy. <laughs> Gotta start every episode off talking about junks and balls. You know, we were so close to not talking about balls. Yeah, no, we're talking about balls. Did it, guys, say we're talking did about it. balls. We did Nailed it. it. Your weekly podcast bringing you sweet <laughs> treats and balls from the world of music. And nut sacks. And songs and tales and yeah. tales about those songs and this week we're doing an album review so we're bringing you tales of songs <laughs> tales of songs on an album on an album yeah called toxicity by system of a town yeah that's why we're talking about new metal yeah and we're, we're your hosts i'm ashley <laughs> i'm maggie Wait, that's wrong <laughs> how did 
I do that? I'm staring at you and I'm like, I'm actually. I thought you did it on purpose no, to be funny. That was 100% an accident. I'm, I'm keeping it. Ooh, I'm Ashley yeah. today, guys. All right. Anyway, yes, we are talking about the album Toxicity 2001. Yes. Yes, at the height of new metal. Yes, but uh, I, don't know, I, I still they're not new metal. wouldn't really consider. I don't think they are. I would say they have like maybe a new metal guitar sound because they get that kajunka junk. <laughs> you know that kajunka junk. The kajunka junk guitar sound that new metal has. <laughs> that is the most accurate description of it. <laughs> right. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. You know yeah. what I mean. It's but that, the vocals. It's, it's those chunky riffs that it's got really very. Chunky, chunky riffs. Chunky riffs. Kachunka chonk riffs. Kachunka chonk riffs. Yes. But go. they are also willing to be more experimental, and I think that their themes are better. Far more intelligent. Yes. Than really most and coherent. And coherent than most um, new metal bands had at the time. And like deeper because it's not just, hey man. Life's hard, and you don't know what it's like to be a white man in, <laughs> in America. The world. It fucking sucks, man. I My... gotta fuck all these chicks and like get on a plane and play shows. Fucking sucks, man. Actually, wait. I'm sorry. You don't know what it's like to be a rich white man. <laughs> exactly. And then here comes System of Down. Like we're from Armenia. Let us let us spill some tea for you, bros. <laughs> let us educate you peons. Yes. Yeah. So we also have beer. Because we do forgot. that. I almost forgot we had beer. Beer mm. that I'm not drinking, sadly. I know. Well, you had a little nip. I had a little nip. It's very good. I like Somebody's it. Somebody's going gluten-free. Oh, it sucks. Yes. This week we are drinking Prison Rodeo from Par- Prairie Artisan Ales. It's a hoppy coffee ale. It's pretty good. It's not super hoppy. It's actually pretty. Yeah. I feel like the hops kind of balances it out. It's a very well-balanced beer, so good for them. I'm glad they did that. Right? Because, you know, when you're buying a beer on a theme and you have to go with something that were, with the word hoppy in it, it's, yeah. it's dangerous. Yeah, but they did it. Because it's an ale. Ooh. It's not an IPA. Ooh, it's 9.5. Sure is. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, but it's good. If you guys see it, I would highly suggest picking it up. It's kind of stoutish. It has like a stout kind of body. It's got a stout body. It's like it me. Is. It's got a stout body. It's a nice little teapot. Short and stout. Oh, it is kind of like teapotty, stouty. <laughs> it's, it's, it's cute. A, it's cute. It's a short bottle. Yeah. Yeah. It's real cute. This is great, you know, content for <laughs> listeners. They cannot see this bottle. Go to our Instagram. You can see it. Anyway. Yeah, good stuff. So that's that's enough about the beer. And don't worry, we will jump into plenty of early 2000s references for you guys. So many. This is bringing me back. I'm like full nostalgic mall goth right now, and it's fucking wonderful. Listening to this a few times through, wow, brought me back. Yeah. Because I haven't listened to this probably since college, maybe? Like, all the way through. Yeah. I've heard it... a couple times when you know we're drunk and all together and we're like remember system of a down you should put on toxic <laughs> chop suey was really fun what's he saying wow angels deserve to die what is that about why'd you leave the keys upon the table wake up, wake up. Wake up. <laughs> all right so that one's a few few songs in but uh we'll get there we'll don't get you there. worry 
So let's let's get this shit started. All right. There are very few bands out there that have successfully transitioned from early 2000s new metal to modern rock in the wake of 2020. Whether you're Papa Roach, who's still hanging on to their last resort by a thread, or Trapped, who went from headstrong to complete obscurity to right-wing Trump-thumping Twitter trolls, it's hard out there for a new metal band. It is. System of a Down blasted eardrums in the midst of a Limp Bizkit corn slipknot barf blizzard. (laughs) Yup, that's the most accurate thing I've heard in my whole life. Yeah. Dumping a refreshing bucket of intelligent and politically charged metal straight on our faces. With the lineup of lead vocalist Serge Tankian, guitarist and vocalist Darren Malakian, bassist Shavo Odadjian, and drummer John Dolmayan, the band saw their biggest success with the release of their sophomore album, Toxicity. Mm. But before we get into that, let's get into a little bit of SOAD history. SOAD. Some so bad history. System of a Down started way back in 1992 when Serge and Darren first met. Although they went to the same Armenian school in Los Angeles, California, they didn't meet until years later because they were eight years apart. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Serge is older. I've got a lot of... I didn't realize there were Armenian schools in Los Angeles, first yes, of all. Yes, there is a very big Armenian community. In Los Angeles, yes. Oh. We also have one here. There is a fairly big Armenian uh, community in upstate New York. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I've already learned a lot. Yep. <laughs> They're kind of all over the place. <laughs> wow. They went on to form a band called Soil, but after only one show at the Roxy, they broke up. Oh. Serge and Darren continued to collaborate, starting System of a Down in 1994. Originally named after a poem Darren wrote called Victims of a Down, they changed victims to system to be more accessible, and so they could be filed closer to Slayer in record stores. Oh, stop. <laughs> that is a, the cutest thing I've heard in my life. Adorable. Y'all are so cute. Just like little hearts just floating and popping above their heads. Oh, like spell soad, like S heart A D. Or S O A D heart Slayer. Oh, just carve it into a tree somewhere. Aww. The band released their self-titled debut album in June 1998, and it was an immediate hit with the hard rock crowd. Singles like Sugar and Spiders were ever-present through the end of the 90s, and their popularity landed them a spot on OzFest and tours with bands like Incubus and Fear Factory. I don't know if I see them with Incubus. Incubus was a weird anomaly that also was lumped in with new metal, but was not new metal. Right? They were, they were much more alt, I feel like. Yeah. Indie alt. And a little on the psychedelic side. Yeah, right? Like, their earlier shit was just weird. Like, science. Remember science? And what was it? Fungus and... Fung- fungus among us? Was that right? That might not be right. Don't I don't think that's me. right. But I, I it was think something I know about fungus. I think I know what you're trying to reach for. Yes, and I cannot remember the name of their first album. But either way, they were... they. Them and System of a Down were not really on the same genre, but somehow Incubus got lumped in with that. But you know, maybe that makes them lump inable because you can't really categorize either. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, quite I don't lumpable. know what you guys want to listen to, so here's just two really different bands that I can't categorize. Yep. Basically. Have fun, motherfuckers. They're really good, though. Right? Have fun. These are good bands. 
Three years after their debut album was released, System of a Down unleashed Toxicity on September 4th, 2001, debuting at number one the same week the September 11th attacks happened. This was a turning point for Americans. The country was changing to a more socially and politically aware population, and System of a Down basically laid out their well-worn welcome mat as if to say, you finally arrived. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. You want to be politically active now? Cool. Welcome. Been here. Saved a seat for you. Try the punch. It's delicious. <laughs> From the band's inception, they have not been shy about their political and spiritual beliefs. All of them are proud Armenian Americans, and just about all of them have had relatives that died in or survived the Armenian genocide. That wasn't that long ago, right? Oh, it was. It was during World War I. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Huh. Totally thought it was like after World War II. No. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to learn a lot today. Yeah. This was an event that took place between 1914 and 1923 and saw the systemic killing of 1.5 million Armenians at the hands of the Ottoman Empire. Thousands of others were forced into death marches through the Syrian desert and subjected to periodic robbery, rape, and murder. Because this happened during World War I, it's widely accepted that Adolf Hitler was inspired by the Armenian genocide when constructing Nazi concentration camps. It was brutal. That's a thing that happened. Yeah, like, who are we to even comment on something like that? Nope. It's pretty fucking harsh. That's gross and awful. Yeah. And this was a part of history the band members grew up with, as their parents and grandparents saw those atrocities happening with their own eyes. Obviously, something like that affected their family so much and would be the impetus to write about it so much in their lyrics. Of course. And right, they did. So bad. (laughs) Went into the studio with over 40 songs. What producer could possibly tackle that many songs in such a controversial band? I don't know. What producer could have ever done this? Well, it's Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin? Rick Rubin. Oh my God, our old friend, Ricky Rubes. (laughs) I can't even like make I can't even switch letters in his name to make fun of him. It's still gonna be Rick Rubin. Even if you switch the R's, it's still Rick Rubin. The only thing I can think of was Big Boobin. <laughs> Dick Dubin. <laughs> okay, so we can make fun Ha-ha! of him. Kind of like Ricky Rubes. <laughs> Ricky Rubes. Ricky Boobs. Ricky Boobs. <laughs> Together they recorded thirty-three songs, some of which have lyrics that seemingly make no sense. And Rick Rubin loved it. And even though but he did. He fucking loved he fucking loves it. And even though he admitted he mostly has no idea what any of the lyrics mean, he encouraged the band to get as weird as possible. And boy did they get weird. Oh, you know Rick Rubin's just sitting on a couch in the studio like That sounds weird, keep that. He's touching himself to how weird they got. He's like, Oh man, how weird how weird is this what is this about? Is this about sex? Uh-huh. I think it's about sex. I'm deciding this is about sex, I'm gonna touch myself. Yeah. Ricky Rubes. <laughs> all that absurdity would get intense sometimes, which often led to clashes and all-out brawls. Whoa. Darren and John even got into a physical fight, and this led to a trip to the hospital, <gasps> Darren with a busted face and John with a bashed head from a microphone stand. Holy... T- what? Why? Why? Bunch of boys in a studio? Boys will be boys. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, Rick Rubin is not the best babysitter. He is not the babysitter (laughs) I would hire for my children if I wanted my children to make it through the night. He's kind of like the babysitter. He's like Elizabeth Shue in Adventures of Babysitting. I know. But like, not as cool. They know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Good for you, listeners. Yeah. And also, not as good looking. So, either way, in the end, it was a bonding experience for both Darren and John. They beat the shit out of each other, and then both had to go to the hospital. I'm like, hey, love you, man. Love That's you how boys too. bond, right? They just beat the shit out of each other, and then they're like, I love you, man. Hey, guys, <laughs> can you raise your children to, I don't know, be in touch with their feelings? Toxic masculinity is real everywhere. Toxicity. There you go. That's where we get the name from. Oh. I don't think that's where we got the name I from. I don't think so. <laughs> By the time the album was released, the fan base of jinko clad teenagers were so thirsty for a new album that they started a riot the day before its release, mm. which destroyed the band's touring equipment. So they were having a free show the day before the album's release, I believe in Los Angeles, in a parking lot in Los Angeles somewhere. They had enough space to safely have 3,500 people okay. in the audience, but between seven and 10,000 people showed up. Okay. So they were like, yeah, no, we can't have this show. It's not safe. Yeah. And they wouldn't let the band go out on stage and say that. Oh. They just started taking down the stage. Oh. So people got pissed off and bum-rushed the stage and destroyed everything <laughs> and had a riot for six hours. Yeah. Wow. Only six people were arrested, though, so. Huh. How many That's injuries? Pretty... Oh, probably a lot. <laughs> probably a lot. $30,000 worth of injuries to their equipment, so. Oof. But yeah. They had to take them to the equipment hospital. <laughs> This amplifier needs new tubes, stat. Let's put them in the ampulance. Ampulance? Ampulance. 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 It's just an ambulance full of amps. But it can't be, it can't be the regular wee, wee, wee. It has to be like guitar lifts. Riffs. Wow, 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 <laughs> I like this ambulance. Yeah. Ambulance. Ambulance, I'm sorry. (laughs) Still got it. (laughs) The band made up for it, though, because Toxicity debuted at number one and eventually went three times platinum in the U.S. It's for a new metal album. Pretty impressive. Pretty fucking good. And it's pretty fitting that Toxicity's release would cause a riot, considering how politically charged its subject matter is. Oh, yeah. With Toxicity, they took on the prison system, environmentalism, and a slew of other topics. So let's pick them apart, shall we? You know what's really funny? Quick side note. So someone I know was in the Marines for a bit, Mm -hmm. and they told me at uh, basic training they would play System of a Down all the time, which is kind of ironic. Ironic? Yeah. Or, like... Just maybe not. Poor taste? Yeah. Like, just... Do a little bit of research first. Maybe? No, I think they were more than happy to be like, yeah, this okay. is really good music to shoot people to. This is ours now. Yeah. <laughs> cool, guys. Anyway, yeah. All right, let's oh. pick apart this album. And by pick apart, I mean rock the fuck out. Yeah. So the first song we're going to rock the fuck out to <laughs> is Prison Song. Which is what our beer is based on Yeah, today. exactly. 
glad you got it. Do you know, though, it works on so many levels because still insanely accurate. Yeah. Makes me really mad. Yeah. And then you're already playing really good music to get angry to. Yeah. First of all, this as of right now, this album is just about 19 years old. Oh, 19. It can vote, but it can't drink. It sure is in college. It, it can, sure is. It in can college. buy porn and cigarettes, and yeah. that's what matters. That's a recipe for a good evening. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine, like, you just go to the corner store and you buy porn and cigarettes, and you look at the person, like, this is my evening. I kind of want to do that now. I kind of want to just go buy a pack of smokes and a porn yeah. bag, like, this is my evening. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Happy quarantine. <laughs> The album begins with a blast of chonky riffs that show you exactly what you're in for for the next 44 minutes. Hell yeah. They're coming out of the gate hard and fast and with a lot of information about how much the world fucking sucks. Oh yeah. Overall, this song is pretty prophetic. System of a Down was one of the earlier bands to cry foul at the for-profit prison system, pointing out how fucked up it was that companies could profit off the incarceration of young people. In the lyrics, minor drug offenders fill your prisons, you don't even flinch, all our taxes paying for your wars against the new non-rich. Oh my god. Yeah. This- and I was just like, what, is it 2001, so what were we, like, 6, 15? Oh no. 17? I graduated. We were 17. In, we were 17 because I graduated in 2002. I can math. So we were 17. <laughs> 17 year old baby us is like, this is just really like cool and hard. And yeah. And like, we're not I thinking. wasn't thinking about the fucking prison system. No. And also, in 2001, the internet wasn't so great. So it was mostly GeoCities websites. It guys. was mostly fan sites for Geos on G- GeoCities and Angel Fire. Yeah. And Tripod. So. It's not like we could just hop on the computer and be like, fucked up prison system into Google. It didn't exist. I think we had asked Jeeves, though. We could have asked Jeeves about the fucked up prison systems. (laughs) Hey, Jeeves. Tell me about the fucked up prison (laughs) system, though. Well, Maggie. Thanks, Jeeves. All I knew is that I was against the death penalty by then. Yeah. Like, very... Like, I had... By, like, 16, 17, I was strongly against the death penalty. Well... We would hear that stuff on the news or read it in newspapers or things like that because the death penalty was like the big thing people were focusing on. Right. But nobody was actually focusing on the fact that stop and frisk was a thing. Oh, that racial profiling was a thing that young black men were getting thrown in jail for dumb fucking offenses. Yeah. They weren't hurting anybody. Some marijuana better arrest you. Right, and people didn't even really know what private prisons were. Yeah. So we couldn't just go on the internet and just look up a shit ton of news articles. And it wasn't like, we didn't have things like Facebook or Twitter where people are like, hey, have you heard about this? Yeah, we actually had to hang out with people and talk in person all the time or on a 
phone. The phone. The phone. Which then again, sometimes you don't want to get your information on somebody saying, yo, check this out yeah. on Facebook. Exactly. They're going to take this down soon. You better watch it now. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on Plandemic. Plan fuck you. It's more like it. Nah. That was all. No, that start. wasn't great, but we'll, we'll, we'll think of something better. Don't, you sit tight, kids. Don't you worry. The systemic imprisonment of young people for minor drug offenses, as we know it, started in the 80s with Reagan's bullshit war on drugs campaign. Reaganomics. And it targeted young people, specifically young men of color, who were thrown in jail for years on minor drug offenses. It made, and continues to make, these private companies tons of money. Yep. And we just started opening our eyes to this in recent years, but System of a Down were screaming at us about it almost 20 years ago. Yeah. They and knew it, what the fuck was... They were on Henry Rollins' What's Up Hotline. Oh, like, yeah, they were. let me tell you about the prison system. Henry Rollins is over here like, all right, guys, you gotta tell me what's up. And they're like, you gotta close the prisons! <laughs> That's a conversation between Serge and Henry Rollins. You're welcome. But yeah, it, it started with Reagan, continued with Bush, got worse with the Clintons. Yup. Like... Don't Thanks. even fucking trip, dog. The Clintons made that shit way worse. Thanks for doubling down on the racist bullshit, Bill. And Hillary. And Hillary. Neither of those motherfuckers will talk about that shit. But, oh, yeah. No, we probably should have put a fucking disclaimer. We're going to get heated. <laughs> we got, I'm going to get angry. It's going to get political and heated. Don't blame us. Blame the system. Up and down. <laughs> that was okay. That wasn't bad. That was all right. That was all right. <laughs> All right, shall we go on to the next one? Yeah, let's right. let's go on to the next song. Number let's two, keep angry. Number two is needles. So tell me a bit more about that tapeworm, though. <laughs> you gotta pull it, pull it out of your ass. Don't. Uh, uh, I don't think, like, I think you need to go to a doctor for that. Do not. <laughs> you take, really should. Do not take advice from System of a Down about what to do about your tapeworm. Please see your medical Tapeworms professional. are fragile. Just don't touch it. Oh, oh, that's so gross. Oh, my God. My sphincter is so clenched right now. <laughs> but this is one of those songs that Rick Rubin was very confused by. But he probably fucking he ate like, it up. He ate that tapeworm. He Whoa. swallowed it. <laughs> Why? So gross. So this song could have a lot of different meanings behind it. It's been analyzed within an inch of his life over the years. Oh, I bet. I do know that the chorus is funny and gross at the same time. <laughs> with the repeated line of pull the tapeworm out of your ass, making lots of listeners cringe when they hear it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a tapeworm is a parasite. So in some respect, the song is about the relationship between a parasite and its host. Mm -hmm. And it could be that humanity is a parasite on the earth. Which is pretty plausible for a system of a down song. Yeah, because they're super into environmentalism and preserving, you know, earth the way it is and not polluting the fucking shit out of it. Oh, yeah. We're going to go into that. Yeah. Or the song could be about drug addiction. Mm -hmm. A person could be dependent on drugs, like 
a human is the host and the drug is the parasite oh. or even the other way around something like heroin would subject it into you anyway yeah so that is kind of a good comparison i guess yeah I suppose now. <laughs> oh my God! Really, is a great time. All right, we're doing it to go into our little commercial. Yeah. Speaking of injections, would you guys you like need to a be injected? meat injection? But maybe you can't get yourself an authentic meat injection. <laughs> an authentic meat. So you need period. Just, just get yourself something, something that'll tide you over until this whole quarantine thing flows by or maybe you need something to spice up the bedroom yeah between that, the two of you in that case <laughs> i mean in either case <laughs> in really e- in either case really you can go to adamandeve.com right now and you can get a whole bunch of stuff oh yeah at some sweet discounts if you use our code candy pod candy pod c-a-n-d-y p-o-d not, not the band, the band. You can go on Adam and Eve, and you can get almost any single thing for 50% off. That's a lot of percentage off. Yeah. And after you you purchase that half-off item, Adam and Eve does not stop there. They want to go, go, go all night long. (laughs) Yeah. They want to make you go, go, go all night long with some free fucking stuff. Oh, yeah. And you don't know what that free stuff is. It's all a surprise. (laughs) You get one thing for one person. A second thing for a second person. And then a third thing for maybe both of you? Or, or like a third. A third person? You don't know. I mean, depending on what you're into, y'all can just split that shit even at Stevens. Or it can all be for you. It doesn't matter. Yeah, honestly, you know what? Get it for yourself. Be selfish. Hoard it. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. And you know what? The treating doesn't stop there because <laughs> then you also get six spicy movies. Super spice. They're so spice. One of our listeners has been gracious enough to oh, yes. be giving us reviews of some of these <laughs> movies. And you know what? Pretty progressive. Yeah. More progressive than I expected. And more um, well-written. Right. Well thought out. Yeah. Good like, storyline. Slightly good storyline. Slightly good. <laughs> I mean, it still sounds like, I mean, we only got one review so Guys, far. Guys, it's still porn. Well, it sounds like really heteronormative porn, but like all right some people I mean, are into you that you know if you're into that that's great i don't know i like some weird shit still waiting on that viking porn yeah where's that but you know what on top of all of that you also get free shipping yes free shipping i mean just do it for the free shipping guys you need sex toys get yourself another fleshlight get yourself that free free shipping yeah and there you go there you go pretty much anything you want yeah it's all in there just go to men at adamandeve.com. Yeah. Put in the code CandyPod. C-A-N-D-Y-P-O-D. Not no. the band. But you will feel, feel so, so alive. alive. Okay, well, that was a great segue. Um, Let's talk more Fantastic. about System of a Down songs. <laughs> well, let's just go right into the next song. It's called Dear Dance. All right. Lamenting in protest, the visible police. Presence monster fear. Battalions of riot police with rubber bullet kisses. Baton courtesy service with a smile. Beyond the staple center, you can see America with its dire for avenging disgrace. Peace for loving youth against the brutality of plastic existence. Pushing little children with their folly of dramatics. They'd like to push the league around. Pushing little children. Song.
I mean, like, don't listen to the lyrics. <laughs> Open up the pit. I mean, listen <laughs> yeah, to the this, lyrics. This is the song that opens up the pit. But this song definitely opens up the pit. Yeah. Like when you do like the circle thing in the pit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's going on right now. This isn't the time to show off with the windmill. This isn't the time <laughs> to show off picking up coins. This is when you make the circle pit. Wait, what's the windmill? The windmill? You know what? I was like, maybe she won't make fun of me because I said windmill. What's the windmill? The windmill? I'm now leaving. you sound like Moira Rose. <laughs> What's the windmill? I have been trying to watch through Shit's Creek. It's so, so that's fucking fair. good. Anyway, yes. I mean, I can't. I can't describe it. You just like I move guess. your arms around. Yeah, you just like swing your arms like a windmill. Wait, are you like trying to punch people? No, you're just like. Going through like a fucking windmill. It seems dumb. It, the pit's dumb. Like, what do you want? <laughs> I don't of course. Know. Like, so is picking up change. And so is just running around in a circle and punching people. But, like, that's what a pit is. You know what, though? I don't know. Put, running around in a circle and punching people sounds kind of fun. <laughs> is that weird that that sounds kind of fun? No, I do that. I just don't want other people punching me back. Right? Yeah. I bruise like a peach. <laughs> And it's like, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to hit you hard. I'm really just going to smack you. Like, this is fun. And they're like, it, you do not belong here. It really depends on how drunk or how angry I am. If I'm drunk, I'm pretty happy. If I'm angry, then I'm going to black out, rage, punch the shit out of anybody that comes near me. I kind of want to watch that, though. I'm not going to stop you. You shouldn't try. <laughs> I'm going to kick back and enjoy that shit. Yeah. As you should. So, yeah, do your dance. Deer Dance. Just like Prison Song, Deer Dance seems to be a prophetic song. People, or let's be real here, white people, were mm. not take, talking about police brutality in the early aughts, but System of a Down was. Deer Dance, I think, can be seen as a commentary on two different yet related things. Police brutality on minorities in America. Oh, definitely. And Turkish oppression in Armenian citizens. Mm hmm the chorus goes, pushing little children with their fully automatics, they like to push the weak around. Yeah. And that sounds a whole lot like ICE officers throwing immigrants into detention centers. Oh, yeah. I like how this song, still relevant. Oh, yeah. 20 years later. <laughs> it's weird. It's almost like authority figures have always been like these super jockey bullies that just need to push their weight around and... Boys Make club. you know who's in charge. Yep. And I have the power. And you're so. a little peon. Yeah, pissant. you're a little peon. And I'm going to show you how much you don't matter by abusing yeah. the shit out of you. Especially if you are not white. Ooh, boy. Yeah. But are you an immigrant? Oof. Guess what? i beat the shit out of you. Because <laughs> I can. Yeah, it's great. Isn't it great how, like, today times, extra spicy today times really reflect history times yeah musically dear dance uses something system of a down likes to slide into a lot of their songs but you probably might not notice a melody with armenian influences the way he sings the chorus or oh, like yes. the pre-chorus right yeah right like no i noticed that he does that but i don't know what you call that <laughs> it's just armenian influences yeah it's and they do it a lot with a lot of their choruses, especially in Toxicity. Oh, um, yeah. And also Spiders had a very kind of Armenian, Middle Eastern kind oh, of yeah. flow to it. 
Um, but yeah, there's several different songs on this album where not only do they have a melody that is very Middle Eastern and could very easily be translated to Middle Eastern instruments, mm-hmm. but um, he rolls certain oh, his, consonants like yes. his r's and his t's and stuff like that he does that a lot oh my god but i love it like it's it's so captivating yeah it's when just he does that. a nice little spice in an otherwise pretty standard alternative rock kind of composition but i think that is what sets system of a down apart from all of the rock at yeah. that, the metal and rock at that time unashamedly put in middle eastern influences into rock music which yeah, and who it works. Else, who else when we were 16, 17 was really doing that? Nobody. Yeah, so we were getting like worldly influences and we didn't even know it. Well, and think about it too. If you want to throw System of a Down into new metal, which again, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. Um, what new metal band had that much melody and harmonies, complex time signatures? Really, new metal wasn't doing that shit. And also didn't give any shits about putting something like that in their music. Yeah, they just wanted to be angry and rap, but also play rock. Yeah, I wouldn't consider it rap, but it's very similar because Serge quote unquote sings or delivers the lyrics very fast. Yes. Which is also very Middle Eastern and has that interesting kind of influence on it. Um, but it's not rap. It's no, not not at all. It's not. I guess hip-hop. you could say spoken word. Yeah, fastly spoken word. Fastly spoken word. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else on Dear Dance you got? No, I'm. I'm still. It's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. On this, very very good song. It gets caught in my head all the time. So yeah. the next couple are are. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot on the next couple, so they're going to be difficult. But the next one we got is Jet Pilot. Okay. I'm sorry. This is when the pit <laughs> opens when, up. And I just demonstrated to you what the windmill is. And now I'm out of breath because I'm fat. So. <laughs> but also, why? I also thought when you said people were picking up changes, they you were literally, literally picking up was... change. No, that's just the name of the, the action that they make. Why so do the... they do these stupid actions? They're boys and they can't whip their dicks out and windmill their dicks in the pit. <laughs> Because they'll get hurt, so yeah, they have to. Someone their... is definitely gonna uppercut them in the dick oh, if yeah. they do that. Someone's gonna just like front kick and just whip it right into their dicks. Yeah. So, so you can't do that. So you have to windmill your you arms. You can't instead. windmill your dick, so you have to windmill your arms or pick up change or pick up change. I don't get this because you can't teabag guys. You know, I'm better. Pit, so I'm you better have to pick up for a ska pit. Yeah, that's just kicking. Yeah, just walking around and kicking and everybody's smiling and laughing and having so much fun. <laughs> I can't be in a metal pit. Yeah. 
I would be way too happy. I'd be like, you can't be here. Why are you smiling so much? I've just, I've, I've had enough of the metal pits. So yeah, it's true. Had- also, like being a woman in a pit just isn't usually fun. What pisses me off now about like pits opening up near me is not that people plow into me or you know elbow my boob or whatever. Oh, that- I kind of hate that. <laughs> It's annoying, but I can deal with it. What pisses me off is when dudes who are in the pit or standing next to me see me and go, oh, you're a lady. I have to protect you. Like, no, no, you don't need to protect me. I know what the fuck I'm doing. You need to mind your own business and make sure you don't fall on top of me because then I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) That's that's more than fair. So, yeah. Mind your business. Mind your business. Just stay over there. You don't need to protect me. I know what I'm doing. Like, if I didn't know what I was doing, wouldn't be at that part of the pit. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be on the wall of the circle. Seriously. Believe me when I say, if I didn't know what I was doing, I wouldn't be standing there. Exactly. If I am standing there, I really want to be there. So leave me the fuck alone. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, I don't think I look young enough where I'm an inexperienced pit goer. I've been around this block. Yeah. Several fucking times. Yeah. Probably before you were born. You youngin. Youngin. Youngins. But anyway, let's talk about Jet Pilot. Yes. We didn't even introduce it, did we? Yeah. No, you did. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. So it's about a horse that's a pilot. <laughs> yes. It's just a crazy fucking horse flying Who's a plane. Who's letting the horse fly the plane? This is a cartoon that I am ready for. And honestly, I'm just picturing the horse that is in a very specific episode of Family Guy who has, he's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking I about? Know, Crazy exactly. Eye Horse? Yeah, yeah. I'm picturing that horse flying a plane. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's, I, yeah, I'm here yeah. for it. I'm here for but, this cartoon. You're right. Yeah, I honestly have no idea what Jet Pilot is about. I'm assuming it's about war in some capacity. All I can find were a ton of fan speculation on forums, which I am not going to present as fact here. But Ashley. They know. Isn't it kind of a coincidence to have a song called Jet Pilot released right before 9-11? Are you fucking serious? Did somebody actually say that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I thought that was going to be one of the theories you brought up. Oh, I'm I. Okay, I found one particular forum that was a list of like 20 different people putting different theories out there of what jet pilot means. Oh, God. And I got to like five. <laughs> I got to number five and I'm like, I can't anymore. And we're done here. I am wasting so much time. And this is a rabbit hole that I am not going to go down because all you bitches are crazy. Not today, Satan. Not today. So I didn't go there. But yeah, every single one of them is questionable, but it it is considered <laughs> some of System of a Down's weirder lyrics. Oh, yeah. It's about a horse. Yeah. Why were the a- eyes of the horse on a jet pilot is something he was smiling over as he flew over the bay. Something like that. Yeah. 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 That so, doesn't make sense. So as a horse. Rick Rubin loved this song. He fucking loved it. He was so high when he oh, was God. like, oh, yeah. No, man. I totally man. fucking get it. No, it's, he's a fuck. It's a fo- fucking horse flying a plane, right? Yeah, right. Like it's a retired horse, and he started. He decided to become a jet pilot. <laughs> I'm Rick Rubin. I'm Rick Rubin. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he ends all of his statements. By the way, I'm Rick Rubin. I produced the Beastie Boys. 
I have clout. You know what, though? For what it's worth. I'm just going to go around <laughs> everything now. I'm recruiting. For what it's worth, um, this album is beautifully produced. He did a very he good job. He did a very good job. I love to make fun of Rick Rubin, but he does do a good job. You know what? You know why he did a really good job? Because I'm Rick Rubin. <laughs> you know what I'm drinking. <sighs> Let's just move on to yes. the next song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have nothing else about Jet Pilot. And I think we're good. Yeah, we're good. We all know it's about, it's about them predicting 9-11, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, good. So let's just go to the next one, which is called X. So, like, I'm only basing this on one part of one of the choruses. Okay. Because we don't need to multiply them. Like, we don't need to have more kids. Uh-huh. That's what the song's about. Okay. It's like, we're destroying the planet because we keep having kids. Okay. Because they're environmentalists. Yep. And that's what I've decided the song's about. Don't have any other lyrics to back that up with. <laughs> okay. So, I think maybe, in a way, you are correct. I think that is like one of the interpretations because from the research I've done reviewing this album, I have realized that their songs have multi layers. Their songs are onions. Onion songs. They are onion songs. They should have named this album Onion Songs. Yeah, right? I mean, Toxicity is probably like something deep and more meaningful, but it like is, Onion but Songs makes way more sense. But food, for us idiots like <laughs> who like food surface meanings yes. and food references, Onion Songs makes way more sense. Come on, System of a Down. Come Guys. on, Soad. <laughs> Come on. Um, but I think in a way, yes, it does mean that. Because we don't need to multiply. There's too many fucking people. Yeah. And then being environmentalist, yeah, that totally makes sense. Right. But considering there's only about six lines in this song and they all basically say the same thing, yeah, it's probably pretty easy to just say the song is about overpopulation, but I don't think that's entirely right. Oh, I'm sure that there's some kind of deeper meaning because yeah. I feel like that's kind of the case with most System of a Down songs. It's oh, like yeah. you hear the lyrics and you're like, oh, yeah, this is what it's about. And then they'll come up like, actually, it's about birds. And you're like, what? But birds aren't real. Exactly. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> when it comes to the Armenian genocide, Turkey still refuses to acknowledge that it happened. Oh, I do know that. So I'm thinking that the song is a giant finger in Turkey's face saying, you need to acknowledge what you did. You can nullify it, but you can't pretend it didn't happen. And we, meaning Armenians, mm -hmm. don't need to do the math. We don't need to multiply. They already know the history. They already know what it adds up to. Oh, shit. And X is actually the new, the, the thing symbol for multiply. multiplication. <gasps> yeah. Oh, shit. Blew your mind. Wake Sheeple. up. Oh, my God. That's. Yeah. So we don't need to multiply means we don't need to do the math to understand what you that fucking did. What you did was fucking 
horrible and you need to acknowledge it. You can't nullify it because we fucking know. It's like when you rub your dog's nose in his urine and you're like, what'd you do? <laughs> what did you do, turkey? Add it up, bitch. <laughs> and your dog's like, no, I didn't pee here. This was someone else's urine. Because no, dogs apparently forget about what they do after five seconds. Yeah. No, your dog's like, I don't know English. What are you saying? <laughs> Why are you rubbing my face in this smelly stuff that came out of my pee hole? I don't like this. Well, no. Actually, you're not supposed to rub your dog's face in their urine. They yeah, don't do that. They don't that. get it. And it's actually just kind of torturous to them. And it won't yeah. do anything. So, hey. Dog owners, don't fucking do it. Don't do that. But yeah, I, I like that. I like that meeting a lot more than mine. Yeah. That makes a lot more deep. sense. That is deep. That's a and deep cut. I feel like a very dumb, ignorant American for not knowing more about the Armenian struggle. Well, now it is our job to educate ourselves about it, I think. It is. And I think it's it's important to know because, honestly, it really was where Hitler got a lot of his ideas I think for it's what he like, did. We n- I don't ever remember talking about this in I remember school. touching on it super, super, no. basically when I took a um, history of Germany class in college. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't remember ever having this in, like, high school and oh, we no. talked about World War One oh, or World War Two. You learn about Franz fucking Ferdinand, but you don't no you don't learn about the armenian genocide right that's it's interesting the things that get omitted from history for the general public i blame it on textbooks hey textbooks check yourself (laughs) before you wreck yourself looking at you what's what's that one mick what check yourself mcgraw hill mcgraw hill sounds like a country Bands like McGraw and Hill. <laughs> McGraw and Hill. No, it is, I remember having a lot of McGraw Hill textbooks when I was in middle or not, well, probably middle school and high school. Oh, maybe. I never paid attention to. I don't know why I remember. Them. Like, I don't, I don't know. know why that just. It's. Don't ask me to do like any algebra, but I can tell you who wrote my textbook. It was McGraw Hill. I don't know anybody who wrote my textbooks because I covered every single one of them in a paper bag. Oh, yeah, and then you drew all over it. All over it. But your pictures probably looked way nicer than mine. I just did the S thing everywhere. <laughs> Everybody did. Anyway, we could go to the next song. Because you, oh, yeah. you know what's really going to bring you all back to high school? If, oh, you're, if you're our age. Boy, is it. It's Chop about suey. time, guys, that you wake up. Wake up! 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 Song still slaps. Song still slaps. It slaps hard. It's really good. It whips the llama's ass. <laughs> it whips and it slaps. It certainly whipped my llama's ass back on in 2001 on my win amp. Sure did. It sure did. That sweet uh, Inuyasha skin. Sure yeah. did. It was my Tenshi Muyo skin. Oh, I had Inuyasha because Adult Swim played Inuyasha. Oh, Adult Swim played it all, man. Oh, maybe it was on my sweet Gundam Wing Wish. <laughs> you better believe I was listening to System of a Down and watching a butt ton of anime. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Watched a whole lot of Brack Show. Oh, my God. 
Chop Suey was the lead single off the album and is definitely the song they are most no- known for. Nerd fur. <laughs> Especially because of all the controversy that surrounded it. For starters, it was originally titled Suicide, mm-hmm. but of course their label, Columbia, forced them to change it before the album's release. That's bad. A lot of people wonder why the fuck they chose the name Chop Suey then. The song has nothing to do with Chinese food. No. They don't reference China at all. No. So what gives? Well, it's actually a wordplay. Yeah. Break up the phrase self-righteous suicide into syllables and you get self-righteous suicide. Yeah. Put a little pizzazz in there and you can get self-righteous suicide. Oh my get it? God. Then you get chop suey. Yeah, I had heard something about it being like they couldn't do suicide, so they like somehow turned that into chop suey. Yeah, and I thought it was because like suicide kind of sounded like suey, so yeah. I thought it was like because they chop up suicide, yeah. so it's chop suey. Yeah, you kind of chopping yeah. up suicide. You're kind of chopping so it up. So it's chop so. suey. That's creative, exactly, and also kind of fucked up at least. But they could also go to the label and be like, hey. I just hey. feel like they kind of got like really high one day and just kept saying it over and over and over again. I bet Rick Rubin came up with it. <laughs> you want to know why? Because I'm Rick Rubin. Because I'm Rick Rubin. <laughs> no, I Do have what a, I want. I have a very vivid and distinct memory of being in the car with my mom driving and I put on the alternative station. Oh, no. Oh, my. And the song Ooh. played. And my mother was like, Self-righteous suicide? Angels deserve to die. Margaret, what are you listening to? (laughs) Oh, very vivid memories. And you were like, this song slaps. Shut up, mom. (laughs) I wish that's what I said. (laughs) Like, I needed to get grounded again. (laughs) Oh. But as far as the song's meaning goes, getting back to the song Getting back to this fucking song, yeah. The song was released on August 13th, 2001. Within days, rose fairly high on the music charts and received quite a bit of airplay. But only a few weeks later, the 9-11 attacks happened. Ooh, did they ever. And I don't know if you remember that well, but immediately afterward came a list of songs that you either couldn't play on the radio Mm -hmm. or parents were advised to strictly limit their children from listening to. Mm -hmm. Chop Suey was one of those songs, Mm -hmm. all because of the lyrics, My Self-Righteous Suicide. Oh, yeah, that, okay. I get it. It wasn't outright banned from anything, but a lot of stations stopped playing it. Right. The band released a statement immediately after 9-11 attacks denouncing the call to war. Serge said, if we carry out bombings in Afghanistan or elsewhere to appease public demand and very likely kill innocent civilians along the way, we'd be creating many more martyrs going to their deaths in retaliation against the retaliation. As shown from yesterday's events, you can you cannot stop a person who's ready to die. That makes complete sound sense. And yeah, looking back on it, he was right. Looks like we did the wrong thing. Kind of looks like we did the wrong thing. Mm. Kind of looks like we did more harm than good. Mm. Mm. Thanks, Bush administration. Whatever happened to the old Christian thing about turning the other cheek? Well, you know what's funny? And I don't know if you covered this in your notes, so stop me if you do. But I've heard an interesting interpretation of the song being about Jesus is Christ. Jesus is Christ. Jesus is Christ. <laughs> Jesus yes. Christ's uh, crucifixion and his sacrifice. Yeah. 
Something like that. And, you know, like, Father, why have you forsaken me? That's yep. directly from the Bible. And I'm recovering Catholic here. I can tell you this all makes sense. <laughs> and you know who kind of like encouraged them to write lyrics like that? I'm Rick Rubin. <laughs> That's who did. Was Rick Rubin like, you know what? You know what Americans love? Catholics. <laughs> I'm Rick Rubin. <laughs> and then he went back to sleep on the couch. <laughs> he just wakes up to be like, more Christianity. I'm Rick Rubin. <laughs> Wakes up again. That's not weird enough. Get weirder. I'm Rick Rubin. <laughs> like his fucking nine feet long hair and beard. Just like, wrapped like, around him like a cocooned blanket. Like a curmudgeon Rip Van Winkle just waking up at opportune times. Rick Rubin's just more like Rick Van Rubin. Rip, Rip Van Rubin. Rip Van Rubin. <laughs> There we go. We fucking got there. Rip Van Rubin. Yeah. 100%. But yeah, I, this song, and when I've heard that interpretation, I thought, oh, yeah, it's because this makes a lot of sense. So it's so funny that my mother condemned the song because it's like, but mom, this is about your boy Jesus. It is. Well, and it just, at least references your boy Jesus. Like, think about it. Self-righteous suicide. Jesus died for our sins. He Self-righteous did. suicide right there. He knew he was going to die. Like, boy probably could have gotten out of that if he really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like, he knew he was walking into a trap. Yeah. But, like, he did it because he knew he had to. And then angels deserve to die. He was being fucking nice. Jesus is a nice guy, guys. <laughs> he was just being nice. He was just being a real nice guy, all right? So, there's that. Nice. Look, he fell, like, three times pulling that cross to the fucking mountain, all right? He was just a really nice guy. He was just really nice about everything. <laughs> Jesus was just really nice. Jesus was just okay, uh, all right, guys? <laughs> Jesus is just all right with me, all right? Yeah. yeah. He's fine. Okay. Of course, this statement was controversial, the one that Serge uh, put out to the media. Oh, yeah, because he was like, maybe we shouldn't go to war, guys. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. 20 years ago, anyone coming out against the war was a traitor or an anti-patriot. Yep. When you already have a very popular song that vaguely vaguely mentions death, your anti-war sentiments aren't going to go over well. Still, the song was too infectious to ignore. With its explosive bursts of energy and Serge's nearly incomprehensible lyrics, it was just fucking fun to listen to. Oh, yeah. Despite that, it had a legit, meaningful message that had to do with the intricacies of how a person is perceived upon their death. Darren's explanation is that if someone dies from a drug overdose, they tend to be viewed negatively. Yeah. They might have been a great person in life, but because they were on drugs, people think that they deserve to die. It's always that thing where if you hear, at least back then, 20 years ago, if you heard of a celebrity dying because of a drug overdose or just a person in general dying because they were, you know they overdose on heroin or something, then you're like, well, they were a drug addicts, so they deserve to die. Yeah, that's, that's gross. Kind of, yeah, and that's not exactly correct. No, I mean, I can't help but when you hear a story like that to feel like, man, I wonder how much better their lives would have been if they weren't addicted. And yeah, that's sad if they that got they the could right never, help. Yeah, it's sad that they can never break free of that, and it's sad that they had to die from it. Exactly. Like, that should be a reaction when you hear about an overdose. That should be. But in the past, it wasn't always like that. 
I think people were vilified. It's still not always like that. Yeah, people people are vilified because of their drug preferences. So if their death happened because of something that had to do with drugs, there's still there's still so many people out there that are like, I don't give a shit what the fuck they did. They could have been Mother Teresa. If Mother Teresa overdosed on heroin, then she deserved to die. You know, that's not. It's not right, Look, but that's Mother how a Teresa's lot of people... problematic for different reasons. Oh, heroin is ugh. not one of them. I would have almost liked her more if she died of a heroin overdose. But you know what? She's not that rock and roll. She's not. So yeah. that's all I had on on Chop Suey. We can go on to the next song, which is what a follow up. Oh, what a follow up. <laughs> what a follow up. Bounce. One, it's called Bounce. <laughs> Players with no names, they lined up double quick, but just one pogo stick. Everyone gets to play, run away. Expose was so exotic, but just one pogo stick. I appreciate Darren's lady impression. He's very song. good at it. He's very good at the lady he's, he's impression. He's good at doing the lady impressions. Actually, I should have mentioned in the last song, but let's not discount how good Darren and Serge harmonize. Oh, yeah. Very, very much. And we'll get to that towards the end of this album also. Yeah. Um, but it's so good. They don't do it very often, but when they do do oh, it, ring on. spot on. So, so good. good. <laughs> <Me>. So good. <laughs> So it's appropriate that this song is called Bounce, considering it's probably the latest song on the album. There's not a whole lot to dissect here. Oh, there really isn't. The song is exactly about what you think it's about. Plainly about group sex. Yeah. He says pogo a lot, so I'm sure you can figure out what he's referencing. Not not fun times pogo sticks on the sidewalk. Wait, what? His dick. What? He's talking about his dick. What? His what? <laughs> oh no! Oh my! Clutch my penis! <laughs> oh goodness! I didn't know this was that kind of album. <laughs> oh, like the minute I heard this, I'm like, oh, they fucking. <laughs> oh, they fucking. Also, though, I do think that they also kind of wrote the song so that when they played in a concert, everyone would just pogo. Oh, one hundred percent. They this were is- like, "This is a toot. This is another onion song. <laughs> we're gonna get bitches to pogo, and we're gonna talk about fucking bitches, fucking bitches, and getting bitches to pogo. Yeah, <laughs> pogo bitches and get bitches to pogo. I feel like pogoing would be so bad for my knees now. Oh, I can't do it. I I get out of breath so easily. I have zero stamina, guys. I have the stamina, but my joints are not having any of this shit. <laughs> I could go for a while, but my every, joints are like, no. Every it time hurts. you hit that concrete floor, your knees are like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, God. No, and I'm probably wearing oh. my Doc Martens, which don't really have a ton of cushioning. There's no support. There's no support in my Docs. I They're look so cool as fuck. <laughs> I mean, bouncing soles my ass. That there's no support in those. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But also, side note, hilariously, this song was used in the kids' movie, <gasps> The Secret Life of Pets. But it was though. It so was, and they don't know they what that don't was know. about. They, they don't must know. not have known. But it was totally they, about sex. They didn't do their research. Oh no. Or or they did do their research, and they were like, "Nah, this is perfect." Right? Kids aren't going to know. That's not a good movie, though. I actually saw it. It wasn't great. 
I thought it'd be way cuter than it was. I was okay with it, but also, like, the storyline dragged out the cuteness. Yeah, right? Like, it should have just been a vignette of animals being cute, and it would have been better. Yeah. If it was just what the trailer was, then it would have been perfect. Yeah, but But. then they were like, let's have a storyline. And I'm like, oh, don't have a storyline. You ruined it. Also, Louis C.K. was your main guy, and then you put out a second one, and you're like, oh, no. Actually, no, he didn't do the voice in the second one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then they put out the second one, and they were like, nope, you're done. It's like, Duke can't even do a voiceover for a kid's movie. You're done. But he's not. He's not, because right-wing pieces of shit Hey, if you're listening to Louis C.K., stop, stop it. Stop. Stop. Wow, that really strayed from the song. How did we end up at Louis C.K.? That's hilarious. Secret Life of Pets. Ah, uh, okay. So let's go on to the next one. Oh, okay. So the next one is called Forest. Walk with me until the end And make the forest turn to sand They think the legend for a fall You saw the product Why So now we're back to the serious stuff. Yes. And honestly, no more sex. I like sat in front of my computer and stared at the screen while I tried to just organize thoughts in my head to make sense of this song. Oh, shit. Okay. Because talk about a fucking onion. Right. Because when you listen to the song, I feel like it should just make sense. It should. But it doesn't. But it does not. Like, I don't know what the song's about, and I've always wondered what the song is about. Okay. I was like, I'm just going to let Ashley tell me. And and granted, I'm not saying that this is fact. This is just what I am interpreting as, you know, as what I think the song actually is about. Hey, I trust you. You did the research. I didn't. Okay. So Forest is a very complicated song, mm-hmm. and I have to acknowledge and give praise to the fact that Serge can take the 20-page paper that I would have to write in my head about a subject like this and condense it down to a few lyric lines. Okay. I don't know how he can take that much history and information and condense it down so well. But this song is basically about bigger global entities like... The U.S., Russia, and China, etc., etc., having massive influence over smaller countries, especially those in the Middle East, like Syria, Lebanon, and Israel. It's sort of a neo-imperialism that doesn't involve the imperialist country actually invading anybody. They can have their minions do it for them. So, if you think of it this way, and this is a more modern analogy than... Uh, back when they wrote this song, but this is the only way that it makes sense in my head. Okay. So you know how ISIS was basically created by us? Yes. Invading uh, Iraq. Yes. After 9-11. Because we're like, ours, totally Iraq, even though we have and, absolutely And Al-Qaeda no needs to be defeated, so we're going to arm this other you know, side militant group Mm -hmm. to get rid of Al-Qaeda because they're the enemy. Mm -hmm. Well, that ended up being ISIS. Please forgive me if I am wrong in this or I'm simplifying it. I don't really 100% know everything. This is a super complex issue. So complex. We are 
we are bi- yes. bringing this down to brass tacks yeah. at best. And at the same time, I believe it was Russia that was backing Assad in Syria. I believe you're correct. And at the same time, we were kind of making ISIS at the oh, same time. ISIS was definitely a something that it was, was a product uh, that was it. born out of our like quote unquote desire to get rid of Al Qaeda. Right. And we definitely created ISIS exactly through our very misguided influence. Right. So in a way, this is a kind of imperialism that is very akin to, you know, way back in the 17 1800s when Mm -hmm. um the united states the netherlands portugal uh england and all of these different countries were going into africa and taking over all of these countries Mm -hmm. and really and like england with india were ruling these countries from afar and dictating everything that they did oh um but we weren't doing it by the military, we weren't invading them. We weren't doing these things. We were just kind of slowly taking control of them. Right, right. And doing it militarily at first and then kind of just backing out and just being like, okay, well, we rule you now. We're going to tell you what to do and you just have to listen to us. Well, yeah, and that is imperialism. And, and that is imperialism. And and these, these African countries didn't have the military might to kick these bigger countries out Mm -mm. so instead they kind of just had to do whatever the bigger country said yes um and that is the reason why so many african countries are now uh, totally for the most part lawless and you have a lot of different small bands of militia that are taking over countries or taking over specific areas because they have the fucking guns and they have the might right. they have the might to do it because all of these bigger countries came in took all the resources took whatever they want and then left and then we're like you figure it out yes you do whatever you want so countries are now doing that in the middle east in lebanon in israel in syria in all of these other countries right and that's actually a big argument that a lot of people give to leaving countries like Afghanistan and Iraq like well if we leave what the fuck are they going to do right like, we haven't given them a mess we've never let yeah we've yeah. never given them any direction mm-hmm. we basically go into these countries rob them of their resources like I don't give a fuck here it is getting political don't give a fuck we went into those fucking countries because we wanted their fucking oil yeah that's tell exactly me we why we went in tell there. me we fucking didn't yeah that's why we fucking had the iraq war mm-hmm. the iraq war was for one thing and one thing only money are you talking about the gulf war or this most recent because of nine either you one know what? either one either one honestly um either one well because let's, all, let's be honest um 9-11 was because Little baby Bush wanted to finish what daddy started. Exactly. Because Iraq had nothing to do with bombing Zero. the Twin Towers. Absolutely nothing. And, and we've discovered that they knew they were lying about weapons of mass yes. destruction. Oh, yes. And and we continued to just wreak havoc. And this is all led to where we are fucking right now. Yeah. We are probably a decade away from... I, I hope we're just like maybe at least a decade away from uprising and eating the rich but this is why i'm saying this album is so prophetic yes is because i don't know if it's because it's just history repeating itself 
or this stuff was just so fucking predictable, but whatever they're talking about in this song, it it makes so much sense to what's going on now. And yeah. it, it, it almost seems like they knew that this was going to happen. They knew that imperialism wasn't just a historical thing. It's still happening today. Yeah. I mean, right. this is a, a class act of learning from your fucking ancestors. Yeah. Learning from what happened to your parents and your grandparents and trying to tell people, look, open your eyes. This is what's going on. And yeah. nobody fucking listening. So from with the song, are they writing it from the standpoint of like the bigger countries like the U.S. or England saying to these smaller countries like, why can't you see that you're my child? Yeah, I kind of think Like, why so. aren't you listening and doing the things that we think you're supposed to be doing? Yeah, like, why aren't you just doing our bidding? And... Why don't you see the forest for the trees? And... Yeah. Yeah. Just understand that... But, like, I want you to see my trees. Yeah. But just understand that we are, you know, the quote-unquote democratic and capitalist country that is bigger than you and knows more than you, and you should be listening to us, and you should be doing what we're telling you to do. It is... Very much a a neo imperialistic kind of viewpoint. Interesting. I never Which, saw it that way. Yeah, it's it kind of blows your mind a little bit. A little bit, especially when you're drunk. So yeah, right. <laughs> it's really blowing my mind right now, guys. Yep, yep, yep. Speaking of blown minds, let's go to the next song. Oh yeah, this is another one that's gonna fucking. Is it AT? Oh, A T W A. This is a great one, guys. Yeah, it's A T W A. I remember calling it Atwa. It's definitely A T W A, but it's A T W A. Pictures crazy, all the world I've seen before me passing by. I've got nothing. To gain, to lose All the world I've seen before me Passing by, I, I. You don't care about how I feel I don't feel love anymore You don't care about how I feel I don't feel love anymore You don't care about how I feel this is probably one of the most controversial songs on the album, as it, as it was inspired by none other than Charles Man- Manson. 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 Not Charles Mansion. Charles, Charles Manson. Man- I kept saying, I kept writing Charles Mansion, and that's not right. That's not his name. It's not his name. ATWA stands for Air, Trees, Water, Animals, or All the Way Alive. Yep. This is a whole environmental belief system made up by Charles Manson and subscribed to by the Manson family. Yeah. Air, trees, water, animals were the interrelated ecological systems of the earth. And Manson believed that humans and constant land development was harming these systems. You know, don't usually agree with Manson. Nine kind times of? out of ten, don't agree with Manson. Yeah. I would I would say nine points. Eight percent of the time, don't agree with Manson. But this is the point. Two percent of time, I'm like, yeah, he's not wrong though. He's not wrong, really not wrong. When Manson was paroled in 1967 and started gathering his retinue that would be known as the Manson family, they retreated to Death Valley in California to get away from the horridness of the city. While living in their colony in Spawn Ranch, the Gramp would Gramp. <laughs> <laughs> The group would often take part in eco-terrorism, attempting to thwart land development by setting equipment on fire, 
and the like. Yeah, you know, just petty larceny. Petty larceny. That's not petty larceny. That's, larceny is larceny stealing is things. Yeah. Oh, it's stealing. Petty terrorism? Petty fires. No. Arson. Petty, petty arson. arson. Oh, that would be like a fun that's a stripper good, name. That's a good name. That's a good drag name. Petty too. arson. Petty arson. Oh, I like that. You know what? You can have that. No, I have my drag name. No, I, no, I meant like, listener, you can have oh. that, but you need to credit us. I mean, even Petty Larson is is pretty good, too. Petty Larson or but Petty Arson. I like arson. Petty Arsony. I like, yeah. No, Petty Arson, not Petty Arsony. <laughs> petty Arsony. Anyway. I like that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be Arson or Larceny, so I'm Petty Arsony. I'm old. I just set fire to money. <laughs> I steal money and I set it on fire. I have fire. so much money, I set it on fire. That's hot. When writing Toxicity, Darren got really into Manson's music and writing. Yeah, he did. Which, for better or worse. Fine. Yeah, but also, I don't know. The way he described uh, Manson was kind of defending him. Yeah, he in a way. Is- he is he really Dennis Wilsoned it. Yeah. Like because I think because he's funny because he's been like, but like Manson had good ideas, but I don't think he should have murdered. I don't like his murder stuff, but like he had good ideas. But what you I can't think really sh- pick and choose. What I think he should have done was shut his fucking mouth about <laughs> Manson. Like, yeah, I mean, honestly, you you really can't pick and choose like i get it he was an environmentalist and he was really into saving the environment and preserving what's left of the earth and everything he was a bit of a sociopath who ran a cult that all decided to whether it's his idea or like the cult idea of killing people he was still involved in murdering people yes he still he still directed people to go out and murder people yeah yeah, I I'm like he's still he's not like he's a crazy man. Like they're not gonna say he's a genius. You could be a crazy man and be like, but can we stop hurting the environment? You can do that. However, I do believe that there are people out there who have the same kind of ideas that are not murderers that yeah. you can subscribe to and look up to and really believe in. You don't have to believe in the cult leader that directed people to plan out murders who also tattooed a swastika on his forehead look you don't have to do that we all have our guilty pleasures slash shame receipts and you don't always have to share them and darren i respect you man the harmonies on this song are great you didn't have to tell us about your your you know you never see anything about charles manson i can understand him saying that he got the inspiration reading like his his thoughts on environmentalism, environmentalism. and stuff however yeah. and you just could, leave it at that you could leave it at that yeah and you can continue by researching other people who yeah. have better thoughts and haven't killed anybody yeah and weren't cult leaders yeah there are plenty of people who have good thoughts on environmentalism yeah. that didn't murder people i'm sure and be a cult darren leader. knows plenty of them and i'm sure yeah. maybe Maybe he was talking about Manson in relation to this song to get people to listen Maybe. to it. Maybe. Okay. But. You know what? Uh, was it? Air, trees, water, animals? Yeah. You know what? That's fine. I agree with that. I totally agree with that, but don't agree with Charles Manson. No. That's just me. Yeah. 
He kind of compartmentalized the murder part of Manson's life, set that aside and focused on Manson's thoughts on society and how we live. The environmentalist part of Darren probably related to the environmentalist part of Manson. Right. I get it, not the murder part. At least I hope so. Uh, me too. Um, But yeah, let's just go on to the next song. Yeah, I think we talked enough about Manson. Yeah, so the next song is just called Science. Science! Science has to recognize the single most potent element of human existence. Letting the range go to the unfolding of faith, 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 faith. Science has failed our world! Science has failed our mother So, for a while, I was a pantheist, and being a pantheist means, like, nature is God. Okay. Which, honestly, like... That's very similar to paganism. Yeah, and honestly, like, I know I've gone into atheism, but I don't see how I can't marry the two, if that makes sense. Like, being pantheistic and atheist like i don't believe in a man god no for but i think we need and i think what they mean by this song is we need to revere nature more yeah i think when it comes to science just because we can do it doesn't mean we should yeah i think it means we need to start balancing you know what does it mean for the earth what does it mean for humans and animals and plants when we do certain things exactly when they say science has failed us I think it's almost like saying we have the science, we have the knowledge, but we have decided to push it all aside for human greed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I think they mean by science has failed us. I don't think they mean science itself isn't real and doesn't make sense. I think it means that we have the science, we have the technology, but we use it for our own mean and our own gain. It's and not we don't personal use it. anymore. It's yeah. not personal or personable anymore. Yeah. And, and we don't use it to keep a balance in the system because that is the whole thing is is yeah cool can we use gas and oils to run things that's great but we use it and abuse it we grow too much food we kill too many animals we overpopulate like humans and animals and crops and we don't think about the long-term effects we just think about well now now yeah. now because i'm human and yeah I'm, excuse me, and I'm greedy. Yeah, I burped while I said a word. I'm passionate about this. But we don't think about the long term. And especially, I mean, especially older people. I'm sorry. Come for me if you want. But like, older generations are just, and that's just how you were raised. It's like, you got to think about the now and like what's going to happen. Yeah. And our generations and younger are thinking, but what about the fucking future? What's going to happen in 20 fucking years when the polar ice caps have melted because we've abused the shit out of the earth? Yeah. And that's what I think they're trying to say is, that's cool that we have science. That's great that we have science. But you need to also counterbalance our science with nature because we cannot destroy this fucking planet because this is all we fucking have. Well, it's like technology is great. Tech and development of technology has gotten us so far, but at the same time, technology has also robs um, biological organisms of 
the spirituality that is usually inherent with them. Yes. It's robbed us of really getting out and experiencing the earth, experiencing our environment, experiencing the woods and forests and trees and lakes and all that shit because they're constantly being taken over by technology. Yeah. Not just our brains are taken over by technology, but like deforestation and all of that stuff has taken it away from us. Yeah. Taken it from, in- taken it from le- allowing us to enjoy it. But also, I think this song is also about just trying to balance believing in science but also having an element of spirituality in your bones yeah just you can do both at the same time you can be a scientifically driven person that relies on facts and proven hypotheses Mm -hmm. while still believing that every living organism has a soul and revering nature and revering nature and reveling in nature and believing that it deserves to be preserved exactly you can do both of those things at the same time and i think that's probably what this song is about yeah so stop fucking it up guys yeah quit it let's go on to a fun song (laughs) let's stop being so serious let's have some fun And get to do a song called Shimmy. Let's shimmy around, guys. couldn't really find a whole lot on this song but i'm making an educated guess based on lyrics fucking take your education seriously guys (laughs) don't be late for school well i'm gonna go ahead and say this one's about how children are taught from a young age exactly what they need to do to be deemed a good member of society okay they need to go to school get a job make lots of money get married buy a house have kids it's basically a form of brainwashing that all of our parents did because their parents did it to them. Yeah. So. It worked on some of us for a little bit. <laughs> and then you woke up. Because I'm not a sheeple anymore. <laughs> I'm not a Sherpson. Sherpson. I'm not a Sherpson anymore. I don't know. Yeah. that I could I could see that. And also it's just kind of a fun jam though. It's a fun. It is. It's a fun, it's a fun little bop. You shimmy, shimmy, shimmy to the to break up dawn, dawn, yeah, yeah. That's that's fun. But let's get on to the next one because the next one is is funner. <laughs> it's more fun, I guess, and it's one that you probably know. It's called to- toxicity. It is the al- the the album name. <laughs> like, what do you call that? <laughs> the namesake of the album. Yes, it's the namesake of the album. Yeah, this shit brings me back. Oh, yeah. 
very, very hard. Hooey. So the subject of this song can be summed up in three words. Los Angeles sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yup. And I'm not going to argue that. I'm not either. I've raced around like the epicenter of LA and I'm like this sucks and yeah I I'm like it. I don't understand why anybody wants to live here I'm good I yeah I'm go good with now. this I'm gonna go home spend, back to the cold hard bitterness of yeah, New York spend a whole you. day here I'm good I can go home bye yeah. although the band grew up in LA and recorded most of their material there they really disliked it mainly how fake it is which is now kind of a trope but in 2000-2001, it wasn't as cliche. No. Darren said this song is about attention deficit disorder, huh. which I think makes sense because the song describes the dichotomy of L.A. being glitz and glamour, but it also having this seedy underbelly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. L.A. L- is like weird fucking layers to it. Yes. It's an onion. L.A. Yeah. is an onion in of itself. L.A. wants you to see the pretty side while it hides the corruption, the drugs, and the homeless. Yeah. And that's exactly what they I mean, describe in this. I mean, think the fucking riots and all the police brutality. Yep. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's super fucked up. So, yeah, this whole song is just kind of about how shitty L.A. is. But and you know who loves L.A.? Who? I'm Rick Rubin. <laughs> I'm Rick Rubin. I love L.A. This song is great. I'm Rick Rubin. And he goes back to sleep on the couch. And then if you disagree, he just windmills you. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Picks up your change. No, no, he doesn't. He just picks up the change out of the cushions just of the runs couch. away. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, I mean, at this point, the Red Hot Chili Peppers have only had like five songs about California. <laughs> only five. So it five. wasn't cliche yet. Yeah. <laughs> Rip Van Rubin was like, wake me up when they make a sixth one. And then they made a six one. He's like, do I really have to get up? I'm Rick Rubin. <laughs> do I have to get up for this? <laughs> no, Rick, just lay there and tell us what no, to do. No, Rick, they're just going to write the same song they've written for the last 15 years. It's fine. Great. I'm Rick Rubin. I'm going to sleep on this couch. Slap my name on it. I'm Rick Rubin. <laughs> and then everyone's like, but it is still really well produced. I don't know how he doesn't sleep. We got a couch, but he does. Rick Rubin's a genius. Like, I gotta give credit where credit's due. He does do a good job. He's a genius. I don't like I don't know how he does it. Like I love to make genius. fun of him, but I will say he's he is a good producer. But he's, we make fun of him with love and respect. Yeah, honestly, like he's an easy target. But fuck, how does he do it? He's Rick Rubin. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's how he does it. Yeah. Oh, let's go to the next song. Oh, this is going to be fun. Okay, this one's called Psycho. So you want the world to stop Stopping and watch your body fully drop From the time you were a Psycho! Propane! Propane! Crazy! So you want to see the show You really don't have to be a hoe From the time you were a Psycho! where I think System of a Down makes a pretty big misstep. Oh, yeah? This song is quite clearly about groupies and the band's disdain for them. Here's the thing. I did not realize what he was saying. It was like psycho, groupie, Groupie, cocaine, cocaine, crazy. crazy. Until like yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because really, you didn't know what he was saying the entire right, like, 45 minutes. Can we, can we be honest? Song. Like, You have to listen to this album about 20 times in a row before you start to really understand what Serge is saying. But also, back in the day when we were listening to this on repeat, we couldn't just Google the lyrics. We had to try and figure it out for ourselves. Right. And even back then, if we did Google those lyrics, we wouldn't have thought of it like psycho, groupie, cocaine, crazy, which is like, oh, rock and roll is crazy. Like, Like, we were young and our brains weren't that developed to read into the (laughs) subtext of a lyric like that. And now we're like, oh, huh. I have a little bit of an issue with your lyrics here. Right. I glean from the lyrics that women probably offered them sex in exchange to see their shows pretty often. Or just like sex because they're like, yo. Right. You're a fucking rock star. That's exactly. just kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. Comes with the territory. Hey, AdamEve.com. Rock candy. Or candy pod. Candy pod. Candy in your pod. Don't, don't oh. put candy in your pod. But, I mean, I get it. It's probably annoying and a bit unsavory when groupies offer themselves to you if you're not into that. Of course. And if they're an obvious drug addict and you're very anti-drug, that's probably pretty annoying, too. So then I take it Soad was very anti-drug. I don't entirely know. I'm assuming that they just didn't do drugs. Maybe they did pot. I don't know. But Yo, they did pot. They did the pot, guys. <laughs> Grandma, they did pot. <gasps> <gasps> yeah, but They probably drank and did pot. Probably. Sure. Who doesn't? But I I don't think they did anything harder than that. They pro- I I would say we might be at another week without heroin. I'm going to say yes. At least in the context of this album, we are another week without heroin. At least for this album. Yes. However, I think it's pretty childish to refer to these groupies as psycho and a hoe and cocaine crazy. Yeah. Granted, this was well within a time frame where it was acceptable to slut shame women. And it was often actively encouraged. I am even guilty of calling women whores and hoes in high school. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. I've done, I have said some gross things about women that I am not proud of from high school. Oh, very much. But also, here's the thing. We were in high school and we were dumb and we were young and we can look back at that and be like, I had, throughout high school and college, I had really grum, grum? What? I was trying to say dumb and gross, and I said grum. Grum. No, it's grum. It's yeah, grum. grum. Because it's gross and dumb. Yeah. I had grum thoughts about ladies who, like, liked sex or, like, would throw themselves. Or I just had dumb thoughts about homosexuals in middle school. Yeah. But, like, oh, I called everything gay. Same. That's what we did back yeah. then. Yeah, and, like, that's and not I'm... okay. And we can look back on those things like... We were young and dumb and stupid. Yeah, I'm not going to make any excuses for not any make, of that behavior. Yeah. That was very stupid and very wrong. Yeah, I'm and very ashamed of that. that. I'm <laughs> very ashamed of those thoughts and things. Like, yeah, of those thoughts that I had of other people. Like, that's not fair and that was gross. But eventually and you I grew real- from it. Eventually you realize, oh shit, everything that I said and did... In high school, when it came to that kind of stuff, was very wrong. Yeah. And I admit that it was wrong. And this is how I'm going to change my behavior so that I don't keep doing that. Because I can learn and grow from this. So I can only hope that, like, now maybe Soad sees this and, like, maybe that's I really hope so. Because back back in 2001, 
it was acceptable to write a song like this yeah. and it it's fine. You know, groupies are gross and slut shame, slut shame, slut shame. But in this point, we have to understand that it's, first of all, I'm not saying that groupies are prostitutes. They're not. Oh, but no, also, not at all. It's totally fine to prostitute. Prostitutes and sex workers, that's a legitimate thing. You can yeah. do that. And, and honestly, like, you shouldn't be shamed for it. We just need to get to the point where that's just legal. Yes. And it can be safe and it can be healthy. Yes. Like, let's get out of our puritanical bullshit ideals, guys. Because let's face it, we are still living under puritanical ideals from Ugh. the fucking 1600s. Guys, you know who was weak sauce? The Pilgrims. <laughs> the Pilgrims fucking suck. First of all, guys. they weren't friendly shoes with the with Indians. Shoes with buckles? Who wears shoes <laughs> with buckles? I mean, I was going for the shit they pulled with Indians, but you're right. Shoes with buckles. <laughs> Fuck but that also shit. the shit they pulled with Indians. Yes. The shit they pulled Native with Indians. Americans They're stupid like, not have been let's have sex way. through a sheet and buckles <laughs> on our shoes. Let's have sex through Fuck the buckles it. on our shoes. Buckles and, and sheet sex. Sheet sack buckles. <gasps> fuck puritans yes. man but fuck it that like, is anything but pure and i would say out of any song that can be taken out of this album it would be this song yeah and I, and it does and here's the thing between these two songs it just doesn't like like i feel like this was kind of thrown in i feel like this was uh maybe uh rick rubin was like i kind of like the song though bob throw it somewhere i'm rick rubin <laughs> And then he fell asleep on the couch again. We need some crazy, like, two-minute song. Throw this in here. I'm Rick Rubin. Yeah, and then he fell asleep on the couch. But I also think it's kind of ironic that they put this song in here, considering they had Bounce earlier in the album. Right. So Bounce is very pro-sex. Group sex. Yes. Pro-fucking multiple women at the same time, but a lady can't try and get it on with a dude in exchange for something legitimate. Yeah. Like, that to me is not cool and i really hope that now in 2020 maybe the guys from system of a down look back on this and are like yeah maybe psycho wasn't such a great song and we shouldn't have had it on here and also we apologize for slut shaming yeah i really hope that at least in their heads they're thinking that if they have not said it out loud yeah 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 i i i feel like i trust them enough to have grown from that i certainly hope so but Honestly, I really don't know anything about their views on feminism and... Um, I know Darren still stands by his thoughts about Charles Manson. He certainly does. So, so hopefully they I, change their thoughts on ladies. I hope if he's open-minded enough about Charles fucking Manson, then he's open-minded enough about sex work and making it legal. Yeah. So, let's... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, guys. So let's, uh, let's get to the real fucking... Gold, gold nugget on yeah, this. Yeah, let's go to the supposedly last track. What you might think is the last song on this album. Ariel's. We are the ones that want to play. Oh, we 
This song is so good. It's beyond it beyond slaps. Yes, it beyond slaps. It burrows right into your bone marrow. Nope. Nope. No, no, no. No, that's it. That's it. It gets deep into your bone marrow. Just burrows right into it. Burrows it. right in there. And then it lays babies. And you have bone marrow babies. <laughs> bone marrow larva that yes. just gets right in there. Yeah. This song was the third single <laughs> off of Toxicity and a surprise hit for the band. They really didn't think the song was very special, but released it as a third single anyway. You know who knew it was special? Who? Rick Rubin! Because <laughs> he's Rick Rubin. he's Rick Rubin! He's laying on the couch doing his fucking job. Just holds up a bottle of something. Rick Rubin! Rick Rubin! <laughs> this is going to be the best song on your album! <laughs> Surprise, it went to number one and became the one and only number one hit for the band. No shit, really? Yeah. Oh. One and only. I did not know that. As far as singles go. Okay. This album went to number one. Debuted at number one. No, I know, but I just was even surprised that this album, or the song was the only number one hit. The song is about how we are never truly individuals. We have such an Mm. intense need to be accepted by others to the point where we lose ourselves. Humans want to be accepted by other humans so badly that we will go so far as to change our own personalities to fit in. Feeling a little tacked right now. So bad. <laughs> You're not the only one that might do that. So many people do that, though. No, no, it's pretty but much also, everybody. We're kind of a product of our own environments. Yeah. You know, we. We may, when we were younger, be like, I kind of vaguely like this thing and kind of vaguely like this thing. And we'll deep dive into specific things, but they are all things that other people like and they are things that other people have built. So we are never truly our own individuals because we're always influenced by something that other people have made. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it comes to movies or TV or music or something, those are all things that other people have made. And they're things that we are influenced by. So how can we ever be our own true individuals? Right. If everything that influences us is man-made. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like a weird inception thing that just like... How the fuck... Wait, how how is that what the song is about? Yeah. Like aerials in the sky? So are the are the influences the aerials? When you lose small mind, you free your mind. Free your whatever. I can't remember exactly what the lyrics are. But yeah, you know, life is a waterfall. We drink from the river. river and we turn around and put up our walls. So we take, take, take. Oh. And then we turn around and we don't give back. Shit. Yeah. Holy shit. It's blowing your mind with all a the fucking bit, layers. A little bit. <laughs> Damn. So we're kind of always doing like these aerial tricks. We're always, you know, if you think about trapeze artists, they're always doing these crazy tricks and death defying feats and everything. So we're kind of doing these death defying feats of personality. So we're always trying to find that next thrill that that next, you know, person that can flip through the air and grab onto us and give us something else to really you know jerk ourselves off about <laughs> yeah because that's yeah. what you do with it when you're a circus performer is you jerk yourself off once you catch a somebody. little bit but like you you earned it 
I think the Ariel's thing is always like we're always trying to find the next thrill. We're always trying to to we're always trying to find something that we really fucking want that we can take and just run with it and not give back to society or even give back to our own like fucking friend circle. We're always just trying to find that next thing that's going to make our heart jump. Damn. And not turn around and give anything back to society because we're greedy motherfuckers. Yeah, My you're God. you're blown right now. A little bit. I just blew you. You did Rick Rubin. <laughs> Rick Rubin just blew me. <laughs> Ew, gross. Blue. Get back on that couch, Rick Rubin. No, that's that's wow. I always just thought it was a really cool song. It's still a really cool no, song. No, I actually so I was saying this and Deer Dance were my favorite. This just made its way to my favorite. Yeah, this one is definitely a hard hitter for me. Damn. It's, I always loved it. Um, but after researching it and being like, holy fuck. Right? <laughs> oh, the layers. I'm like, ooh, shots fired, system of a down. Yeah. And then there is another track. Technically, this is the last track, but there is a hidden track. Yes, a quote unquote hidden track. And it's just called Arto. And we'll listen to that a little bit. Right yeah. such a fun song it's just really pretty it is it's really really pretty it's just really pretty and i didn't even realize i guess it was a hidden i mean i knew it was a hidden track i didn't realize it even a song or a name fuck well it's named after the guy who guested on this so i'm going to fucking oh we're gonna butcher the shit out of this name get ready his name is arto tunsboyaklian i think it's arto tunsboyaklian Boyesian. Yes. He was a friend and fellow musician. He is a Turkish... Um, he is a Armenian Turkish, Armenian Turkish, which is oof-a-doof. Yeah. Well, um, he is a musician that they really respected. Yes. And asked to come and collaborate with them. So he came on and did this song for them. But they mm-hmm. named after him, which was very nice. Yeah. But also, this was the first song that System of a Down ever did that did not include guitars. Right. And Darren said that it was very liberating for them to do. Oh, I'm sure. And yeah. it's very traditional. A very traditional Armenian yeah. song. Um, But they wrote it completely themselves, but just based off of our um, traditional Armenian songs. Uh, very good. No, it is very, very. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it because it's it's very different than anything System of a Down has ever done. But, but at, at the, the same, same time, time, it makes sense. We said Meh. at the same time, at the same time. Meh. But it makes sense. No, it does. It really fits. I think it's a perfect little knot, a little bow. Yeah. To tie the album with, because they do make so many. Like you said earlier. They make so many nods to Armenian music and mm-hmm. melodies and harmonies with their sound. Um, Darren and Serge are beautiful singers. Yes. They make wonderful harmonies together. And they did on aerials, too. Oh, my God. Their think, harmonies are fantastic. Fucking I can't. And 
for what it's worth, Mesmerize Hypnotize, the album that comes albums album i think they came, they came out at the same time and they came out the same year yeah so steal this album came out a year after toxicity mm-hmm. which was basically toxicity 2 yeah it was because pretty much an ep i think no it was a full album it was just all of the songs that they recorded during the toxicity sessions that mm-hmm. didn't end up on the album yes okay turned into steal this album which came out a year later and then they did mesmerize and hypnotize In the same year, a few years after, I think, Steal This Album came out. Yep. And, but there's still beautiful harmonies on that one as well. Yeah. Um, they are amazing collaborators. And that's the thing I really appreciate about System of of a Down as a band is, Jesus Christ, it's the whole band. And, Mm -hmm. and that's how they treat it too. They never treat it, like, you never look at, like, Surge is System of a Down or Darren is System of a Down. I mean, John's drumming? Fuck, man. And Shavo shouldn't be underrated Oh, my God. The bass lines for some of these songs? I want to visit them. And not only that, um, he did a lot of work on their visual art as well. He... He directed one of their, I believe he directed Ariel's, the video for Ariel's. Oh, shit. Um, when they first started out, when they were Soil, he was actually their manager. Oh. And then I think he started out as their manager when they were System of a Down, but then gave up those duties to an actual manager so he could focus on being a musician. Good. Um, so he does a lot of visual graphic art and also like a lot of technical stuff. Right. Everyone in this band has a part to play. Multiple nobody's parts just, to play. Nobody's just coming in and phoning it in. Everyone yeah. is saying something. They're doing their part. They're having their parts being played and their says being said. I really wish that they were still making music together now. It's They're on like, I think they're still on some weird hiatus. Well, they How... were supposed to tour this summer. Yeah. But I really wish that they would make new material um, just because there's so much for them to say. But I can understand if they feel like there's so much that they could say that they just shouldn't say anything. Or maybe there's just so much they don't know even where to start. Or they're just so fucking pissed off that they don't know where to start. Honestly, they could play. Here's the thing. They could have a concert. Play this shit. Still slaps. Still makes sense. Still works. Go for it. Yep. If we weren't in quarantine, I would go see them. I would too. It'd be wonderful. But here we are. Here we are. Quarantine. In these spicy times. Spicy times. You know who I hope is doing okay throughout all these spicy times, though? Rick Rubin. I'm Rick Rubin. (laughs) I hope he's still laying on that couch, touching himself. Drunk as fuck. Waking up, drunk and or high. Waking up going, I'm Rick Rubin. That sounds great. That's all he has to do to get a credit on an r- album these days. And somehow it is still one of the most amazingly produced yeah. albums. You're like, how do I you really, do this, I sir? really don't know how he does it. He I must don't do, know how he does it. He does it in the four hours between when the band leaves the studio and when they come back. Oh my god, it's like a sitcom where it's like in the end credits. They're like, well, Rick's asleep on the couch again. Better leave. And they turn out all the lights. And Rick pops up and he's like... Time to go to work. And he, like, He just snorts a, a pinky nail full of coke and just gets so much shit done. But, like, in four hours. And, in like, montages hours. through the whole thing <laughs> in real time. And then, like, he's like, oh, God, it's 12 p.m. They're going to come back soon. And but he it's... goes back to sleep on the couch. And they come back and, like, he must have been sleeping this whole time. 
But how are all of these tracks done? But it's a four-hour montage, and it's just that song by Aretha Franklin and Annie Lennox. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Oh, my God. Four hours of Rick Rubin montage. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Yes. That is how Rick Rubin produces. We figured it out. Now we have to do an episode on Rick Rubin. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to do an episode on Rick Rubin, aren't we? (laughs) Fuck. God damn it. All right. Well, we'll do it. We'll do it. Anyway, thanks guys for listening. (laughs) This is a super long, super spicy episode about fucking- I don't know how it ended up this long. I really don't. You were like, I have no notes. And you didn't. And we just- I didn't. And we fucked- Yeah, we we fucked off. We fucking rolled with it. Who knows how much I'm going to edit out. I'm going to find out tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's going to happen. Ugh. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. Thanks for dealing with our crazy Rick Rubin bullshit. No, you know what? You're welcome for our crazy (laughs) Rick Rubin bullshit because it's delightful. And also our weirdly political bullshit. But it's not weirdly. It needs to happen for this episode. Yeah. It's going to happen. If you talk about toxicity, you're like, going to talk about political bullshit. It's already the end of the episode. If you didn't like it, you're already out. But sorry. I'm sorry. If you were a right-wing Christian, you probably didn't love this episode. You probably stopped about five minutes in. So Sorry, not sorry. Not if you're sorry. not a progressive, you can GTFO in our podcast. Like We made the harsh decision that like if you're going to yeah. be an asshole, get the fuck out. I'm getting on my raffle copter because I don't give a shit. She doesn't give a shit, guys. And neither do I. You know what? Eat a dick if you didn't like it. <laughs> if you did like it, though, please head on over to our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. And over there, you can comment on our episodes. You can toss us an email if you've got something to say or something to suggest. And you can also get all the links to our social medias because we got the Instagrams, the Facebooks, and the Twitters. All of them spicy. I guess. Not really. I we hate suck social, at media. social media. Like, honestly, I hate social media. Like, just send us emails and comment on episodes. Or also hit us up on social media because I guess that's important. You can send us DMs. That's cool. I like yeah, it. I like DMs. I like DMs. It's fun. Yeah. I li- it's like getting mail. It's Ooh, great. Yeah. I love getting mail. Right? So yeah. And also, please, if we miss something or there is an interpretation to a song that you had different from us. Or we fucked up a pronunciation. Oh, yeah. But like, honestly, let us know. We are more than happy to learn because that's kind of the beautiful thing about this podcast. We try to teach you, but you can teach us too if you're like, hey, and we're like, oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah. There have been plenty of times <laughs> when I said some dumb shit. Or there people are like, no, like, that's not cool. And I'm like, but you're right, though. Yeah. Or like people have been like, oh, you didn't mention this. And I'm like, I didn't even know about that. Because honestly, guys. No, that happened with REM, too. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. sometimes, like, shit is hard to find. And some of you super fans come in clutch for us. So yes. thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you, you indeed. Um, Yeah. And if you're digging it, go ahead and leave, a, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be cool. That's all we want. We have a five-star review. But if anything else, you can go ahead and just, like, go to bed or something. <laughs> also, follow all of the other wonderful podcasts on our network, PantheonPodcast.com. We are the MTV of podcasts, and it's all music all the time. So whatever you need to hear, 
got it for you. They have like 40 plus shows on the roster. It's kind of a ridiculous so, amount, yeah. Um, You can pretty much find whatever you want. But also, if you're, if you're looking at some new money... And you want to give it, and you want to give it to people. If you're one of those nouveau rich people, nouveau riche, um, you can head on over to our Patreon and give us some dineros. It's Patreon.com/slash Rock Candy Podcast. You can pitch in whatever you want, and you can get some cool stuff. Like yeah. posters and buttons and stickers and ringtones. And also a boner episode every week. Yes. And, and also, I mean month, not week. <laughs> you and also that. a shout out. Shout out to a new Patreon. Our new patron, Patron, Mr. Owen Barnes. Bow, 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 bow. Owen. <laughs> you get air horns and woohoos. Yeah. We love you. Thank, and thank you, you so, so much, much, Owen. We really appreciate you and your support of us and our dumb bullshit. <laughs> love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for appreciating. <laughs> thank you for being you. Thanks for being a friend. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening again. Come on in next week for another fun, exciting episode. It's going to be great. It will be great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to learn a lot again. <laughs> again. Look at me. Because I'm going to be narrating again. You're really good at this. I am good at this. Thank you for you. acknowledging that. <laughs> I think you are great and beautiful little flower of a person. And I love you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I made her real uncomfortable. I'm very bad at taking compliments. I know she is. That's why I'm like. <laughs> Ew, you're great. <laughs> you look like your dog, Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Chloe's doing all the time. It's just, God. Oh, God, you're talking nice <laughs> about me. What do I do? Anyway, yeah, come in next week for a fun episode. And until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party Yay. on the crazy kids out there. Rick Rubin. <laughs>